0: Amen. It's good to be here. If you've got a Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Revelation. Don't get scared. But we're going to Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. Brother Gentry Jordan is probably one of our church's favorite evangelists. And uh, they really love to have him come and preach. I like to have him come and preach. He's a hoot. He's a lot of fun. Revelation 12, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcome him, or they they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Man, I want to preach to you for a few minutes. Forty-five minutes is long enough for a good preacher, and it's way too long for a bad one. So I want to preach to you for a few minutes tonight on the idea that victory has a voice. Victory has a voice. Turn to somebody and tell them, my victory is in my voice. You can be seated. Man, there is power in sound. A group of scientists determined to prove how potent sound waves can be. And so they placed a selection of unfortunate laboratory animals on the receiving end of a very high-powered, low-frequency sound waves that are below the the hearing threshold of the human ear. And the exposure to these sound waves caused internal bleeding and it even, it even destroyed muscle tissue in the bodies of these test subjects. There's power in sound. Shouldn't come as a surprise though. The use of disconcerting noise to unsettle the enemy is hardwired into almost all of the higher animals. Lions roar and dogs growl and monkeys shriek and they all do it to intimidate their foes, armies blow trumpets, and they beat drums, and they sound bugles, and they play bagpipes to instill confidence in their own troops and to strike fear in the heart of their enemies. The war cries and the taunts and the shrieks were all about unleashing fear and intimidation upon the enemy. Balak and Balaam noted in Numbers chapter 23 and verse 21 that in regards to Israel, there was a shout of a king among them them. There's undeniable power in vocalization. There is power in your praise. There is power in your worship. There is power in what comes out of your mouth. I want you to know tonight that your enemy is intimidated when you worship your God. The accuser of the brethren. The one who would like to silence your praise in the middle of his attack against you. When you begin to praise God something happens. This was what struck fear in the heart of Balaam and Balak. The shout of a king among them. Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we're under attack. Sometimes we wrestle with the opposition of our enemy. Some of you have been oppressed and have been discouraged and you felt hopeless. You ought to send hell a message tonight. You ought to tell the devil and you to let him know that the shout of a king is still in your heart. There's a shout of the king in my spirit. Nothing has the power to stop our praise. Nothing has the power to silence our worship. Only death can quiet you. And only God holds the power of life and death. There is nothing that hell can do that can stop you from praising God. Modern science has harnessed the power of sound and believe it or not, some of our nuclear submarines use small sound-powered engines in their refrigeration units is capable of levitating objects in space. There's an experimental conveyor system in actual use today that uses sound waves to lift a microchip into the air and carry it through the production process while nothing at all physically touches it. Nothing comes in contact with it. That sounds like science fiction, but the technology exists today. Sound is a waveform. It's defined by two variables, frequency and ampl- amplitude. And these waveforms possess the singular ability to move whatever they come into contact with. Doesn't matter how big it is and it doesn't matter how small. Even the densest granite vibrates on a molecular level when sound waves pass through it. When the sound waves and their resulting vibrations are harnessed, the results are incredible. The human voice contains within it the capacity to even break glass. Sperm whales use it to incapacitate the large squid that form the basis of their diet. And medical doctors use sound waves to crush kidney stones. And it's all done by the power of sound. The author of the book of Hebrews is careful to note that it was by faith that the walls of Jericho came down. The book of James teaches us that faith without works is dead. At Jericho, the faith of Israel resulted in obedient action that produced the world's first sonic weapon. A few years ago I read a scientific report and it demonstrated how that maybe God may have used the simple science of sound and vibration to destroy the walls of Jericho. That walls and their these walls and their enormity uh, were the obstacle that stood between the children of Israel and their victory. Those walls were massive and they were very real. History says that the inhabitants of Jericho held chariot races on top of those impenetrable walls. I want to demonstrate to you tonight a principle, and it starts at Jericho. Because it was at Jericho that we first began to recognize the fact that victory has a voice and there's incredible power in the voice of victory. Science tells us that in the constant marching around the circular walls of Jericho the footfalls of a quarter of a million Jews established a powerful cadence and the resounding rumble of any army of believers marching around the walls of, of Jericho created a constant pattern of vibration that set those mighty walls into motion as the children of God totally encircled the mighty obstacle that was blocking their entrance into the promised land. They transferred to it the power of vibration. Every day long after the marching ended, it took time for those stones to settle back into their foundation. It took time for the vibration to cease and for the motion to to stop. Nobody could see it. The marchers didn't see it. The inhabitants of Jericho didn't know it was happening. But the power of obedience focused the power of sound and it caused those mighty walls to tremble day after day for seven days God utilized the obedience of his people and the walls of the nature that he created. He used it day after day to cause the strongest defense that could be built by man to become a fragile thing. And when the seventh day finally rolled around that mighty army of Israel marched around those walls again. But this time they didn't stop with just one trip around this time they marched around the walls seven times and the powerful sound of those marching feet literally set the walls of Jericho into motion but it wasn't the vibration that brought them down it was the shout it was the shout of Israel on the 7th circuit on the 7th day there arose from the ranks of Israel the shout of a king the shout of the king the def- The deafening crescendo of worship, the magnificent voice of victory is what provided the emphasis that catastrophically disrupted the rhythm. The steady motion of the trembling walls was shattered by the deafening voice of victory. And the walls that no man's hand could ever destroy were laid low By a shout. I've come to tell somebody in this place tonight that victory has a voice. There are obstacles and trials in your life that will only be overcome by the voice of victory. There are some things that aren't going to be destroyed by any other power than the power of worship in your life. You've struggled under a heavy burden of doubt and insecurity. You've battled the steady, persistent voice of the enemy in your soul. It's high time that you hear a heart roar and a soaring of your spirit and you give victory a voice. We see in the first part of Revelation chapter 12, the struggle that occurred at the time of the birth of the Savior. It outlines for us the spiritual upheaval that took place between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. There was an intense battle, the Bible tells us, that was raging. There was a war, the Bible says, in the heavens. And as the devil tried to stop the promised one from being born, when we come to our text in verse 11, we understand the spiritual warfare that's taken place that surrounds the birth of the church age. And when we look at verse 11, it deals first of all with the beginning of the church age which started in the book of Acts. And it's referring to the struggle and victories of that book of Acts church. But the core message that seems to pulsate through that chapter is found in these verses. In spite of all of the trouble, in spite of all of the battles, and in spite of all of the wars, in spite of the fact that the devil is fighting with every trick that he's got in his book, in face of all the opposition of hell, John said, I heard a voice. I heard a voice and that voice said, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of problems, In the midst of all of this chaos, when the battle seems like it's going worse than it's ever gone, there is a voice that says salvation and strength is coming. That voice said the kingdom of God is being established and the power of Jesus Christ is starting to be manifested. And he said the gates of hell cannot stop it. That's enough to shout about right there. but there's even more he said and the accuser of our brethren is cast down I've come to tell somebody that the enemy is defeated he's cast down he's not going to be he already is cast down he doesn't have authority over a child of God he doesn't have any power in the life of a believer he can attack you and he can besiege you and he can bring trouble on every side but the word says that when you submit to God and you resist him he must flee he's already been beaten he's already been overcome somebody ought to shout with the voice of victory the blood of Jesus is against him you need to stop letting the devil push you around You need to tell him to get out of your mind. You need to tell him to get out of your family. You need to tell him to get out of your home. You need to send the devil a message tonight. You tell the devil, I'm going to praise God no matter what's going on in my life. One songwriter wrote the song and said, I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole from me. Because he's already under my feet telling you, we need to launch a campaign to take some things back. You need to launch a campaign to take some things back. You need to take back your joy. You need to take back your praise. You need to take back your peace of mind. Somebody ought to send up some praise to God. The accusers cast down And from there, the narrative takes a transition. The text declares, and they overcame him. That's a prophetic announcement. It's talking about the church. It it applies to you and I. It applies to every believer, every person that's filled with the Holy Ghost. They overcame. That means you. That means me. We're overcomers. But the key for me is it doesn't say we will overcome. It says they overcame. I've already got the victory. I can subdue him, conquer him, prevail against him, get the victory. And the word declares they overcame him. Let me tell you something. This is the back of the book. This is the end of the story. This is where it's all over. This is when the born of God overcomes the world. The church is destined to overcome the adversity of the enemy. John, looking through the lens of prophecy, sees the church struggling with the devil, and he declares they overcame him. They subdued him. They conquered him. They prevailed over him. Sometimes it's just as important to know what Scripture doesn't say as it is to notice what it does say. It doesn't say they shall overcome. It doesn't say they will overcome one of these days. It doesn't even say that they should overcome. But what it does say is powerful to me. It says they've already overcome. The victory has already been established. It's a done deal. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. It's already over. The devil's defeated and he's lost. And he doesn't want preachers preaching this kind of stuff. As a matter of fact, he's tried to hinder uh, some folks even being here. Somebody's sick. Somebody's this. Somebody's that. Because the devil doesn't want us to know. If I've got a voice... I can have victory. If I can voice what God has done for me, I can have victory. The fix is in. The devil can't win this fight. He's tricked some of us into thinking that he's still got enough power to wage war against God. But the truth is, he's a liar and he's the father of lies. And the truth isn't even in him. I hear a voice. I hear a voice in Frankfurt tonight. I hear a voice. The voice of victory is in this house. And it says the kingdom of God is established in this city. The power of God is manifest in this place. The hand of God is upon His church. And the enemy is defeated. The accuser is cast down. And the text says they overcame Him. Overcame originates from the Greek word Nike. Nike in the Greek language has this definition. The method or means by which victory is achieved. And it's not tennis shoes and Michael Jordan shorts. I'm trying to tell somebody in this house that there are some resources that are available to you. We have the resources To win the battle. We're made overcomers. We are made overcomers. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. This is how you win this battle. Those are the resources that assure your victory. I want to help you for a few minutes tonight to understand it. I'm a pastor. It's just my nature. When my wife's grandfather was our pastor, Brother Hunt was from the school that was before the old school, and people had come to Brother Hunt with all these problems, and uh, Brother Hunt would sit in his office, Brother Jordan, and he'd listen to him with his eyes closed and his mouth kind of like like this, you know, and he'd listen to all these problems. People would tell him all their marital problems. It didn't matter whether it was marital. It didn't matter whether their kids were being bad. It didn't matter what the problems were. They'd, they'd uh, tell him all these problems, and before they were, left, were done and left his office, he'd say, you know what? You just need to pray through. And I'd go home to my wife, and I'd say, my God. I got all these books in my in my library, I, you know, he didn't tell them they need to go read this book. He didn't tell them they need counseling for this. He didn't tell them anything about that. He just says, you need to pray through. So when I started pastoring for the while, I started telling people, well, you need to read this book, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. And didn't fix nothing. Everything was always the same. And finally, I came to the realization, you know what people just need to do? <laughs> they just need to pray through because my victory's not in the books that I read. And the victory's not in the counseling that I get. But the victory that I need is in my voice. Voice. Victory has a voice. I thank God for the blood. They overcame by the blood. That means on account or on the grounds of. Because of the blood of the Lamb, Satan's accusers are unanswerable and we've we've come under the blood. My sins are covered by the blood. I've been washed by the blood. I've been sanctified by His blood. His blood set me free. His blood delivered me. His blood lifted me up and it set me on a rock. I thank God for His blood. The the blood cries out. He's forgiven. The blood has a voice. God said, I hear the voice of thy brother's blood. Because victory has a voice. So we're made overcomers by the blood. But the blood alone is not enough to shout about. And so the scripture doesn't stop there. The word says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And is a conjunction. Conjunctions are words that join two complete thoughts together. The concept of overcoming is void if both parts aren't applied. Listen, you got to get this. These aren't two separate, independent elements of victory. The blood and my voice work together. Anybody can believe in the blood. But if you want to apply that victory in your life, if you want to subdue the enemy, you'll have to recognize that victory has a voice and there is power in your testimony. One theologian said it this way, it's on the grounds of our testimony that we're made victorious. Our testimony demonstrates our victory. Because victory has a voice. And it's the voice of your testimony. It gives an outward evidence of an inward reality. When we testify about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us, right in the middle of our trying circumstances, we demonstrate to the devil, I am not down yet. This fight is not over yet. I have not been defeated yet. And I give victory a voice. And I'm made an overcomer by the word of my testimony. The blood and the testimony worked together when Paul and Silas were locked up in chains. After having been brutally beaten for preaching the gospel, they began to sing in the midnight hour. When they begin to sing, what was it that they sing? Why did they sing? Why in the world were they singing in chains? Because even though they were in chains on the outside, they were free on the inside. The blood of Jesus had set them free. And there's no amount of chains or shackles or prison bars that could change that reality. So from the inside, from their inner being, they began to sing. They gave voice to the victory that was on the inside. Their circumstances denied it. The evidence was against it. But the blood said, they're free. And the word said that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So being washed in the blood and filled with his spirit, they began to sing. And when they began to sing, the same thing happened to the prison walls that happened to the walls at Jericho. They began to shake. Why did they shake? Because Paul and Silas gave victory a voice. When you worship God, your victory is attached to the word of your testimony when you declare your liberty, when you recognize that the circumstances of your life don't limit your freedom, when you begin to praise Him, no matter what's going on, you lose victory in your life. We're made overcomers by the reality of the blood of the Lamb and by the recognition of the word of our testimony when you start to praise God. You give testimony to the spiritual reality of your life. When you bless God, you testify of His goodness. Your testimony becomes the very thing that brings victory to your situation. When you open your mouth and you declare great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Victory's got a voice doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. Praise Him with your voice. It's not how you praise that makes you an overcomer. It's because you praise that brings your victory. Your testimony makes the victory of Calvary personal. It looses Jesus' victory into your life. And it demonstrates through faith that the victory is won. Your personal experience is going on record. Because the power of deliverance is in your testimony. The power of healing is in your testimony. The power of salvation is in your testimony. So, the message tonight is really very simple. I know you got problems. And I know you've got circumstances in your life. And I know the devil's fighting you. And I know that everything sometimes seems like it's stacked against you. But I submit to you tonight that the key to your victory is in your mouth. All you've got to do is give victory a voice testify of the goodness of God. I grew up in an old church. I grew up in an old church. Sometimes we'd go to fellowship rallies. We went to fellowship rallies in places, and we went to Terre Haute one time when I was a kid. And uh, about everybody in that church, when they would stand, they had testimony service. We don't do that much anymore. That's okay. I like that. Thank God. But they had testimony service. And almost everybody in that church, when they stood up, would start by saying, when I think of the goodness, and they did it all different ways, but everybody said the same thing. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, surely tonight my soul cries out hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Everybody said the same thing. And you'd wonder, my Lord, isn't there anything else to praise him for? And I suppose there is, but when the enemy is coming against you, and there's trouble on every hand, and there's not enough money in the bank to pay the bills, and the kids aren't behaving the way they're supposed to behave, and you got to take them out in the middle of church to keep them quiet. and Things are going bad here, and things are going bad there. If there's nothing else that I can thank him for, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and everything that he's done for me. I may not have money in the bank tonight. May not have the kids acting the way they're supposed to. Pastor's preaching and he's taking his glasses off and looking at my kids when he's preaching. But thank God he saved me. Thank God when I couldn't help myself, He reached down to where I was and He picked me up and He pulled me out of that mess and He saved me. And if nothing else is ever done in my life, when we get to the end of the book, when I get to Revelation 12 and I see that the devil warred and he warred and he warred and he he battled, When I get to the end of the book, I don't need my money. I don't need the money in the bank account. I don't need that nice suit over there. All I need to know is I'm saved. The blood and my testimony help me to overcome. So you need to give victory a voice two things work together to bring those walls down. Obedience and worship. Your obedience has caused us if we have to repent of our sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's where the blood is applied to your life through obedience. And that deals with the sin problem. But it's your worship that overcomes the obstacles that are in your life. It's your worship that changes situations. It's your worship that causes walls to crumble. It's your worship that looses the overcoming power of the blood to transform the spiritual landscape of your life. Let me challenge you as we stand. No matter what's going on in your life, you need to give victory a voice. You need to give victory a voice. I told Brother Jordan a couple weeks ago, we were just talking. I told him a couple weeks ago, I grew up in the church. My mom and dad were involved in, in the church. My dad at one time carried a license with the United Pentecostal Church. directed the choir at the church that we were at and mom and dad were involved in a lot of things my wife and I got married I think I was about 25 and we went to mom and dad's one Sunday I actually preached at their church and we were at the house after church that Sunday morning and I really don't even remember what happened But my dad got mad about something. And he said, I've had it. I'm done. I'm leaving. And I said, Dad, you can't leave. You you just can't leave. Mom, you've been married 30 years. You can't leave. He said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm walking out. The pastor lived down the street, about five houses down on the other side of the street. So I told my wife, you stay here. I'm going to get the pastor. And I went down the street, and I got the pastor. He came back and my dad was in the living room. And he told my dad, he said, Bob, this is the devil trying to destroy your family. And he said, if you leave, the devil will, des- will destroy everything that God's done working in your family. And I stood there and I heard that. And I listened to that. My dad left. Said he didn't care and he left. He divorced my mother. And I watched as a young man who didn't have all the answers. I watched as my mom and my sister tried to hang on, my brother tried to hang on. And I watched first my brother backslide and his wife, and they left the church. My mom tried, but was embarrassed and humiliated and all the things that the devil throws in your mind. Her husband had left her. He was a preacher, yada, 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 yada. And I watched as my mom backslid and left the church. And then not long after my mom did, my sister did. Here I am, Pastor. The only one left. And I listened for days, weeks months on end as the devil pardoned me for my transparency and family but I listened over and over and over as the devil whispered in my ear you're next I'm coming for you I'm going to get you and in fear I never talked about it, never said a word, kept my mouth closed, my head down, I didn't even talk to my pastor, because I was afraid that if I vocalized my fear, that the devil would know he was winning the battle, and so for months, I had a license, I'd already started preaching. Carrying a license with your PC. And for months I'm going to church because I'm afraid if I miss a service I'll backslide. If I don't go to church the devil's on my trail and he's going to get me. And I was so afraid I wouldn't vocalize it. And Brother Hunt asked me I want you to preach this Sunday. God told me you got a word. So I got up and I started preaching. And in the course of preaching, I don't really remember what happened exactly. But I just said, you know what? The devil has been chasing me with this fear long enough. I refuse to live my life in fear of backsliding. I refuse to live in fear of a devil that doesn't have all power. And I'm going to say right now that I will not fall. I will not leave. I will stand. And right then while I'm preaching, because it was an old school church, Brother Hunt said, I've been waiting for that, son. I've been waiting for that. And from that time on, we began to pray, God, instead of me praying, oh, God, please don't let me backslide. Oh, God, I don't want to fail you. Oh, God, I don't want this to happen to me. Instead of listening to the voice of the adversary, I gave victory a voice. And I began to pray, God. Restore everything that the devil's taken. Restore everything that he's broken down. And tonight my sister's in church and my mom's in church and I'm here tonight because victory has a voice and I refuse to allow the adversary to take what belongs to God I refuse to allow Him. I'm going to march around this thing. If I can't do anything else, I'm going to march and I'm going to give victory a voice. I'm going to shout, God is able when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He's done for me. Thank God He saved me. Thank God He's lifted me. Thank God He's helped me. If you're in this place tonight and you're struggling in your walk with God, if you're in this place tonight and the devil has convinced you that victory's not in your grasp, if you're in this place tonight and you don't believe that you can have victory in your life, I believe God sent me here to tell you Victory just needs a voice Victory just needs a voice If you'll step out of your seat And make your way up to this altar And lift your voice to God And through your adversity Through your trials Through your problems If you'll give victory a voice Your walls will come down Your walls will come down tonight. Victory has a voice.